0: Uh, we are so glad you were here. My name is Daniel Kaznave. I have the honor and the privilege to be the lead pastor here at the Bridge Church, and I believe that God's doing some incredible things, and uh, one of our themes for some of our teams that we're talking about this month is thankfulness, and so um, I, I w- I've been thinking about thankfulness and gratitude and how that can completely almost rewire our brain, because I know for me, anytime I start to feel a little more entitled, or I should have this, or why not this? And I can feel that kind of getting dangerous in my heart. And uh, one of the ways to, like an antidote for that is gratefulness. Like, God, I cannot believe uh, that I get to do this. And I know for me, uh, a lot of times if I I feel like my heart's getting that way, I'll wake up and and I'll just, God, thank you for today. Thank you for today. I woke up today. There's breath in my lungs. And speaking of breath in your lungs, uh, I love the way y'all are singing today. That was uh, pretty good. I was actually out there greeting and I could hear Come Thou Fountain. I was like, whew, I need to get inside. So um, none of this has anything to do with my message. So that's just part one. We're getting ready to go into part two here. We're in a series called... Timeless. And in fact, we are looking at these hidden figures in the Old Testament. And uh, strategically, I'm pulling out ones that I'm hoping uh, maybe you've just brushed over when you've read them in the New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, or maybe you've never heard of them before. Uh, Last week, we talked about the radical grace of Hosea and Gomer. And today, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 1, Exodus chapter 1. And we're looking at these two ladies. Their names are Shipra and Pua Shipra and Pua. So I don't know if you've heard of these two before, uh, but they have a pretty phenomenal, incredible, I'm telling you, incredible story of how they live their lives. And so if it sounds like I'm talking crazy, I'm just trying to pronounce their names. OK, so you got to stick with me here. Uh, but let me pray for us. Ask God to speak during our time together. Uh, but we will mainly be in Exodus chapter one. We have some supporting verses in Romans chapter five uh, that will be in there, too, as well. But Rome, Exodus chapter one, starting in verse 15. But let's pray together and ask God to speak to our hearts this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, thank you for your power. God, thank you that uh, we get to wake up this morning. God, that you put breath into our lungs. Thank you that we have the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for each and every person that's in this room and also worshiping online, uh, that we get to be in a place called the low country where we're serving and growing together and you're just speaking and doing mighty things. God, I just pray over the next few moments that we can take just the weight of uh, maybe what we're carrying, the burden, the fear, whatever it may be, we can lay. It at your feet. And I pray that you will speak to our hearts, God. We love you. We praise you. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, today I know you've heard the phrase faith over fear. Maybe you've heard that, seen it on a t-shirt, whatever it may be. Maybe even have a tattoo. I don't know. Faith over fear. But I want to give you a title today called fear over fear. Okay. Fear over fear. And I'm hoping it'll make sense by the time we get to the end of the message here. Uh, because if we think about life, um, and we think about our life, and think about the situations that we face, uh, there's a lot of times when it can be fearful, right? Or we can, It could be small things. It could be something like, uh, I have a fear of snakes. Anybody in the house fear of snakes? That's me. You asked me to try to take a snake out, I'm getting the longest shovel I can find. And if it gets close to me, I'm screaming like a girl and running, okay? Uh, don't take my man card. But still, it could be uh, scared of spiders. We live in the low country. There's all kind of lizards, right? The tree frogs. It could be something like that. But then fears get deeper, right? I mean, we're talking about we have the fear of, I, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted by my friend group. Where It gets even deeper. God, I have a fear of, I don't know if I am approved by you or approved by my friend group. Or, God, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take care of my family. Or, God, I have the fear of, am I actually going to do something with my life? Or maybe I have the fear of, I don't know what this next season is going to look like. Or maybe, hey, I have a fear of, I, in fact, God, I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. Or but this fear of, God, I, I don't even know what you're calling me to. In fact, I, I'm fearful to even see maybe what you're calling me into, God. I'm not sure what it may be, and our fears can be layered. And if we look at our relationship with God, I, I believe that he is calling us to be real. He's calling us to be honest with those fears. I promise you he already knows, but something happens in us when we come and be honest with God and transparent, and we can take the mask off and say, God, this is all of me. Uh, last night, uh, uh, my uh, the bedtime routine, I, I'm blessed to have four kids, and so bedtime routine is... I say routine, but, you know, you know what I mean. But it's kind of crazy and trying to get them all in the bed and staying. And so, of course, at bedtime, what do they need? They need everything they can think of, right? Uh, and my daughter was up, and so she was yelling down at me, hey, I need this. I need this. I'm thirsty. My feet are sore. Or, like, all these different things, right? And so she's telling me all this. But then there's this one point, because one on Saturday nights, I'm usually downstairs on my laptop, like, reading through my message, praying through it, those things. And, and so I'm downstairs on the couch, and I hear, Daddy you know kind of that voice just half tired half asleep I need you. And I'm telling you, something in my like dad heart and dad brain, like I, I was up and going up the stairs. And I didn't even realize it, right? But it was in that moment of her going, I need you, kind of in that voice, like, I'm not sure I'm going to make it, kind of thing, right? And I was just like, uh, something in me, like, got my body moving and I moved up the stairs. And I think I, I began to think about that phrase because as I was literally walking up the stairs, like, why, what am I doing? I know she's going to want something crazy. She wanted water, by the way. But, um, but there's something about that phrase, I need you, right? It was something, I think it was because she used those words. And for me, I was like, okay, she needs me. I got to go. It's something I need to move. And I think it's like that with our relationship with God. It's when you and I get to the real place of going, God, I need you. Even if it's in like a broken voice, God, right? Like, I don't even know what to say. Only thing I know what to say is I need you, right? Like, I just need you right now in this moment. And my prayer is in this message is that you and I will be encouraged that when we say, I need you, God has the heart of a good father who is there, who is guiding us through the darkest times, the best times, the praising moments, right? The high mountains. But he is not scared of the valleys. He is walking with us right there in the valleys. And who doesn't understand this more than anybody are these two ladies? And their names are Shipra. And Pua, okay, and they're in Exodus chapter one. If you want to Pua, if you want to just kind of keep that as a nickname, that's fine with me. And uh, but you have these two ladies, and they are midwives here in the uh, when we see in the book of Exodus chapter one. And during this particular time in history, in order for us to understand what's happening, is we have the Israelite people. And if you remember Genesis, maybe you've heard of a man named Joseph, right? And and Joseph, if you want to talk about somebody who got dealt some hard hands. life it was Joseph he was thrown into prison twice Uh, he was sold into slavery by his brothers left for dead in in a deep well and so he had all of these things but yet God still moved in his life and God elevated him in Egypt to the second in command, to the Pharaoh. God worked through all of that. And so now uh, we see in Genesis, as Genesis closed and Je- Joseph's life has come to an end, he set God's people up, the Israelite people in Egypt, and he set them up really, really nice. I mean, because Pharaoh loved Joseph and his wisdom, his ability to lead, his ability to interpret dreams, all of these different things. Joseph used all of that for God's glory, and he set God's people up, the Israelites, in the land of Egypt and then we see that Joseph passes away and almost 400 years comes into play and a new king comes in and starts taking over Egypt who's never heard of Joseph who doesn't know about the Israelites oh these are God's chosen people all he sees is that these particular group this particular group of people is they are multiplying when God said be fruitful and multiply they took it seriously they went from about 60 people to over 600 thousand just men so imagine you're talking about over a million people they are growing, they are wealthy all of these things and so the king begins to see the Israelite people and he becomes threatened and he thinks, oh, this is a this is a national security issue, because if they grow any stronger, they're going to be able to take over our kingdom. they gonna be ready to take over the kingship. And so uh, the king gets scared. He gets worried. He gets fearful. And I think that's a lesson for you and I, is anytime we have someone maybe in our life who tries to lead out of fear, we see a lot of manipulation, right? We see a lot of, I'm going to uh, release my morals in order for me to have more power power, right? I'm going to I'm gonna loosen these so that I can get what I need so that I can feel safe, right? And so we see this king. This is what he's doing. He's fearful. He's scared. He's worried. He's not sure what to do. And so, in fact, he starts to put on these hard regulations for the Israelites. And he makes them work long hours and for little pay. And he thinks that's going to work, but they just keep going stronger. They keep working. They keep growing. And they keep multiplying. And then he goes, hey, you know what? Uh, in fact, now uh, we're going to go and we're going to start killing off their babies so that they can't multiply anymore. And we see that this begins to happen. And but then we see the midwives begin to step up and help the Israelites. So the king gets frustrated. And then this is where we get to Exodus chapter one. And this is the story where it comes into play here. Uh, is everybody doing Okay. All right, very good. Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, it says this. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. Here's our two ladies, Shiphrah and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, Watch as they deliver. If the baby boy, if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly we cannot even get there in time. So God was good to the midwives. And the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, He gave them families of their own we see a story here. This is pretty phenomenal. The king is going against, and he's like, we need to stop them from growing more and more powerful. So he gave an order. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, allow them to live because he is a king. He's feared that these men are going to raise up and battle and be able to take over their throne. And anytime, I mean, we can see this. This is thousands of years before Christ. Evil is still present, right? Here obviously. And we can still see that brokenness and evil is in our world today. And anytime there's broken and evil there's an opportunity for you and I to be the light of Christ there's an opportunity for God to work even in the midst of it and so what I would like for us to catch here I want to get two timeless truth or three timeless truths uh, from this story for us to get back to it and the thing that we need to see here is that the king issued an order right And when the kings, especially in those days, when they tell somebody to do something, they better do it, right? Or it could cost them their lives. It could cost them everything if they do not follow. And so the midwives, it says that the the midwives went and instead they believed, right, that what God was telling them to do was to not do this, right? Because we read they would have been following the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, right? We see this and they said, oh, this is against God, but yet the king had. Is calling me to do it. So they had a moment, right? But before they had to choose, they had to realize one was right and one was wrong. But you and I, if we're not careful, we, maybe it can be foggy or muddy. What is right and what is wrong, right? I mean, sometimes we look at situations and go, God, what's right and what's wrong? But I think the timeless truth that you and I need to know here today is that God is the author of what is right And what is wrong? Because anytime it's muddy or unclear or something happens, we have to go back and go, okay, what does God say? What does his word say? What, how can I have, how can I navigate this? What is right and what is wrong? And uh, let me just see who we have in the crowd here. When you buy something new and you start to set it up, who in here pulls the instructions out and says, you know what? I need to read this thing in detail. I need to know all the things. You got some in detail. Uh, I'm going to read the instructions. Very good. What about the the other half where you're like, you know what? I just need to start putting this thing together. You know, this is the best way for me to figure it out. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's kind of more me too. And then I'll, then I'll call my wife and go, how do you really do this? Can you read the instructions and tell me, right? It's usually how it goes. but uh, Or I'll just watch YouTube. All of these things, right? But have you ever gotten to the point where you didn't and the instructions couldn't really help you? And then you got to the point where like YouTube couldn't really help you. And then you're like, well, what do I do now? The next step is... you you begin to look like at actually who made it, right? You go for the manufacturer and if you need to, you're going to call them and go, hey, this part is not matching up. You made this. Can you tell me how it works, right? It's the same with our relationship with God. Anytime we are unclear and we get to the point of going, what's right and what's wrong? We got to go back to our creator, right? The one who made us. I love these pieces of scripture that tells us here in uh, Psalms 139, 13, for you create Created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's room. Matthew 10:30 says, But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. How amazing is it that God knows that much detail about you and about me. He's like, because I created you. I know your most inmost being. And for you and I to understand what is right and what is wrong, we got to go back to what God says because He Created us right, he wired us together. He he made our brains that way, our bodies that way. And he is saying, if you want to fully experience what Jesus calls the abundant life, the rich and the satisfying life, not rich in material, but he's saying, Rich where my soul feels at home. My soul feels at rest. He's saying, I want you to trust me. I am the author of what is right and what is wrong and we can rest in that fact and we can walk into what God has called us to do. And then we see here because I think this happens to every one of us. We have to determine what is right and what is wrong. But then when we know what is right and what is wrong, now we're left with a choice, right? Now we're left what Henry Blackaby calls a, a crisis of belief, right? We have this moment of going, okay, I know what's right and I know what's wrong. Now I have this inward crisis of belief. Am I going to believe God and trust him and walk that way? Or am I going to believe that maybe the world or myself or my own feelings? And that's the best way, right? And we have this inward battle. I mean, at least I do. Do you, do you guys have that battle too, right? Where we, we have this inward battle. Of going, Okay, do, do I trust? Do I have faith? Do I believe? And here's the thing about these moments, especially we see the life here of Shipra and Pua. They have a decision to make, right? And if we were to label this, we would label this as a valley for them. We would label this as a trial. I mean, I would. This is a a big issue. Their lives are on the line. Their livelihoods at the least are on the lines. They are midwives and they are helping these Israelite Hebrew women. And then they are faced with this decision. The king himself says, you need to do this because I said it. It is right. And in fact, they go back and go, you know what? We need to fear God. God more than we fear man and because we fear God we're going to walk in his ways and the second timeless truth I want us to get here is that God will uh, God will use the pushback to refine our faith or refine your faith refine my faith and the, that those moments of, of trial, I call it those moments of being in the fire, it begins to refine our faith, right? Have you noticed when you're going through, and going through something tough or going through a valley, it, it's like all the other stuff kind of fades away, right? Like, have you ever had like a health crisis? And when you're in the middle of that health crisis, you're not worried about all the little things, right? You're like, no, no, I need to get healthy. I need to make this right, right? The emergency team, they don't walk in and go, hmm, I don't really like the way that this chair is sitting in your living room. No, they're walking through. They're flipping the chair over. They don't care about a chair. They see you. They're trying to get you back to life. And it's in those moments, right, where we have those in the fire trials of our life. We go back to the, that refines everything, right? It goes back to our core. And it, and it rocks us to our core, but it also, it can strip away some of those things of maybe I believe this, but yet it didn't really have any roots to it. And so I'm able to cut it away now because I've been through the fire, because I've been through the trial. I've been through the moments of hurt and now I know I can trust God and I can sing. He will never let me down because I'm in the valley and he gave me strength in the valley because I've been in the dark times and he showed me the way out of that dark time and I I can sing songs like that because my faith has been tested. And uh, Romans chapter 5, it says this. We were um, actually reading Romans chapter 5 last week. And it's just such an incredible chapter. But in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with our love. I love the progression in chapter four. It says endurance develops strength of character, right? And character strengthens our confident hope of of salvation, right? It goes back to the gospel. It goes back to those moments when I'm in the fire. I know that God is walking with me. He is going to give me strength in this moment. He is going to give me hope and he's going to give me help and I can rest in that fact. And now, not only that because my faith has been refined all some of those other things have fallen away. I may not argue about some of the other things I used to argue about or carry the weight of some of the other things I used to carry about because Now I've been through the fire. I'm trying to help people get to the place of hope, that confident hope of salvation, that confident hope of the grace of God. And so you and I, we, when we walk through the fire, as Romans chapter five tells us, when we run into problems and trials, we can rejoice because God is going to do something in us and through us. He's going to give us a testimony. He's going to give us a story. And if you've ever talked to somebody who's been through something, you've ever talked to somebody that's been through something and you're like, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Like you, you wouldn't understand And then you tell them your story and they're like, oh. Maybe, maybe you do understand. Maybe, uh, how, did, how did you get through it? How did God help you? How did God give you strength? How, wh- what did you do? What were you thinking? All of a sudden, now your faith is strengthened, right? And you have this, this platform to stand on because sometimes pain is a platform or pain is a megaphone that you and I can use to reach other people. And I'm telling you, um, I, I forget who it is. It's a famous theologian. He says that God whispers in the good times, but he yells to us in the pain. And it's in those trials, you have these two midwives, not sure what to do. Their faith is being tested. I mean, their lives are on the line. What do I do? The person who is in charge is telling me, do not do this. Or the person in charge is telling me to do this, but I know God doesn't want me to do it. Now I have a decision to make. And I think for you and I, we have an opportunity in our lives to know that God is the author of what is right and what is wrong. And then we see this, how it begins to play out. So we see that Shiphrah and Puah. I'll keep saying it so I can try to get better, at it, you know. Shiphrah and Pua, they had this moment, This and it says that they feared God more than they feared the king. They feared God more than they feared man. And they see this begin to play out. And what you and I, maybe we don't see in Exodus chapter one, is because of their stance. There were multiple midwives here during this time. And most scholars believe that these would have been the two, that were in charge and that's why their name came to the surface or that's why the king went straight to them because they were over all of the midwives for all the Hebrew women and because of their stance All the other Hebrew women started to do the same because we see later in Exodus, there is this man that we have probably all heard of and his name is Moses. And his mother gives birth to Moses who is going to be the one who sets the Israelites free. It's the one who God is going to call to set them free. And it's from the obedience of two women who says, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust in his ways. I'm going to fear God more than I fear man. And I'm going to choose his way and trust him with what comes next. I'm going to zero in on obedience, right? And when I do what God has called me to do, live in the ways that he has called me to do, I'm going to trust that he is going to take care of what happens next, right? And so they believe this and God begins to move in an extraordinary way. And here's the third timeless truth here. And it says this, your obedience could be a setup for God to set people free. Your obedience could be a setup for God to set some people free, you may be looking at your situation right now and going, "God, I have no clue how you are one going to get me through this and how you are going to use this." But I'm here to tell you today, if you and I will trust God with it, not only will He give us strength to come through it, but He is going to use it for a setup down the road to set other people free because other people are going to maybe go through a situation just like that, and they're going, "I'm carrying all this weight, I'm carrying all this darkness, I'm carrying." all this shame I'm carrying all this guilt I just don't know what to do and you're like hey can I tell you about my Jesus can I tell you how he got me through it can I tell you how he gave me strength can I tell you how he walked with me through it and I understand and you start telling them some of their inner thoughts because you were you were thinking some of those same things right you had some of those same burdens and same guilt because you may be in a situation where you're going God I didn't, believe, I didn't believe I'd be in this situation where I'm now. I didn't believe, I, I didn't think I would have this job that I have now or, or not have this job that I didn't have. Or God, I, I don't have the relationship that I thought I would have now. I don't have, I'm don't. i not making the money that I thought I would have at this moment in time of my life. God, I didn't think my kids would be here in this moment and time of my life, right? God, I didn't think that I would be going to this place or whatever the situation may be. God, I didn't think I would be here health-wise, right, in this season of my life right here in this moment and God is going I want you to trust me in those moments because I'm going to give you strength and not only that if you will zero in on obedience and trust me as you continue to take one step at a time not only will I give you strength not only will I help you in those moments but yet I will use it for my glory God wants us to understand that and what it may look like for you and for I and I love this I'm going to kind of get ready to close here um, everybody doing okay? Very good. I can, walk, I can walk the aisles now if we need to. That's, a, that's my student ministry days, you know, just walk the aisles a little bit and get everybody engaged. But I love this. And this is what I want to close with, because I think this is so important for you and I. Everything that Shifra and Pua do, everything, this, this moment in time for them was because they feared God more than they feared Man. They feared God more than they feared the situation that was in front of them. And this is big for you and I, that we have to have a proper fear of God. And you may, you may think that because we say it all the time. We close almost every server. God loves you and we love you, right? Which is true. But there is also a proper view of God that causes us to fear him. And you may be thinking about fear of, oh, no, what is he going to do to me? Oh, no, how is he going to take me out? But the fear for a child of God is this holy reverence, is this awe, oh, this I cannot believe God, wow, you are so holy, God, you are so holy that you are pure, I don't deserve to be in your presence, that this view of fear of God, that he is so big, he could wipe us all out in a moment, but yet he loves us so much to sin his one and only son to die on the cross, to set us free. The proper view of God, God, I can't believe I get to serve you. I can't believe that you love me this much. God, that you're so perfect and pure and holy and yet you still get in my mess. You still care enough about me where you want to walk with me when when I'm unfaithful. Right, We just talked about Hosea and Gomer. You want to walk with me when I've turned my back on you? You pursued me first. It causes us to have this fear of God. I'm going, I know that man in the world may be saying this, but my, my, my God is so big. My God is so mighty. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to put all of my chips on the table for him. I'm going to rest in him because that is my proper fear, this holy reverence, this holy awe of who God is. And I would love for you to write this down or or think about this. Reverent fear of the Lord will give you the courage to choose him in the tough times. A reverent fear of the Lord will give you the courage to choose him in the tough times. Because if we had this reverent fear of the Lord of going, whoa, he is so big. He breathed out all of these galaxies, right? Like he created the sun, the moon, the stars. I love living by the ocean because you can stand there and you can't even see where it ends. And God's going, I breathed that out, right? He is so big. So I can trust him in my trials. I can trust him in my problems. I can choose him and trust him with what comes Next, how wonderful is it that you and I say, you know what, I'm going to choose you, God. Now I get to rest and what happens next, because I know you're going to take care of I know you're going to give me strength. There's a um, we I I love names, the names of people and I love the meanings of names. And that's one of the things when we named our kids, we began to look at some of the meanings of their names. And uh, but my name is Daniel, as, as you may know, and it's in the Old Testament. And the meaning of the name Daniel is God is my judge. And I remember coming to know Christ and uh, learning about my relationship with him. And I remember discovering that. I think my mom told me. She actually got me like a little plaque. And it told me, hey, this is what your name. And God is my judge. And I reflect on that often in my life. And I think about this. Because the enemy is going to look at you and he looks at me. And he goes, you're not qualified. You can't do this. You're all alone. You're not going to make it through this trial. You might as well give up now. Look, the world hates you. Everybody's against you, right? Like all of these things, the devil just comes with his accusations. But I'm reminded that means God is my judge. They don't determine the verdict. God does. And that's the same for you. You are a child of God. He is our judge. And I fear him more than I fear the devil. I fear him more than I fear the enemy. I fear God more than I fear what the world says because he is a holy God who loved me enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross. And then he doesn't stop there. He says, I'm going to give you my spirit to dwell in you, to give you strength, to set you free, to remind you of all of these things. I'm going to give you wisdom when you need wisdom. I'm going to give you strength when you need strength. I'm going to give you hope in the darkest times i'm going to show you through my word how to love people how to walk with humility he's like i'm going to show you all of these things because he loves us and that's why i say fear over fear because my faith is going to lead me to fear god in that moment right but it's not oh look what he's going to do to me i'm so worried i'm so scared no i come boldly to his presence because he is a holy God, but yet he still loves us. He walks with us. And because of Jesus, we get access to him. This holy, perfect, amazing God. So that when God looks at you, he looks at me. He looks through the lens of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And I want to end with this verse here. Isaiah 41, chapter 10. I just love this verse. I think this is a daily reminder. It's a fairly popular verse. And, I, and it reads like this. Don't be afraid. Why, Why do I not be afraid? For I am with you. God is with us. Do not be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Can you imagine Ship for pool in this moment? Uh, just reflecting on Isaiah chapter one, all these things that were gonna come down the road, just reflecting on who God is because Isaiah was not even around during that time, but yet we can go back, you and I, we can reflect on these truths. I do not be afraid because I know God is with me. Don't, don't be discouraged because I know who my holy God is. God is. He will strengthen me. He will help me and he will hold me up. And that's the promise to you. That is a promise. We can hold on to that. We can cling to that. We can take it to the bank because he is a holy God and he will hold us up. He will give us strength there in those toughest times. And it takes you and I for a moment. But every single one of us in this room is going to have a crisis of belief moment. And we're going to have to choose. Do I choose fear of God? Or do I choose fear of man? And my prayer is that we get a proper view of God and go, Oh God, I trust you. I choose you. Because I know you are a mighty God. I know that you are a holy God. And I may not fully understand what's going to happen next. But I'm trusting you, God. And I'm going to choose you right now in this moment. And then I'm trusting you with what happens next. I'm just going to keep taking faith step after faith step, God. Because you are mighty. You are holy. You continue to walk with us. And so, as I get ready to close today and we sing together, that's our call today. Is fear over fear. Is, is, is choosing the way of God. Choosing the what God has called us to. And we can rest in that fact. We can worship a mighty God who, who loves us so much. He says, I want you to come with all of your fear, all of your doubt, all of your worry, all of your anxiety, all of the weight. Just bring it to me. And he saying I'm going to give you strength through it. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are thankful for you. We praise you. Thank you that you uh, call us, that you give us a new hope, that you give us strength, God, in the moments and seasons of our life when when we need it the most. God, I pray that we can take a few moments this morning and we can be honest with you, God. I pray that we take the next few moments and, and kind of take that mask off and say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm holding on to. This is, uh, this is a big fear for me in my life, God. And I pray that over these next few moments, we reflect on who God is, of, of his holiness, of his mightiness, of his strength, and, and his love and his grace that he gives us, his spirit that is just poured out in us, God. I pray that you remind us of all of that. God, I pray that as we walk out of here today, I pray that we walk out of here remembering that we are free in you. God, I pray that we walk out of this place knowing that you hold us up with your victorious right hand. And that when we walk out of this place, you are walking with us, God. That same God, as you you are walking and encouraging and shaping and molding everything that we do. I pray, God, if there's anybody in this room who is not sure that uh, they have a relationship with you, I pray that they would give their lives to you, God. In Jesus' name, we ask all this. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. If you're in the room, we're getting ready to sing. I'd encourage you to stand and worship with us. But uh, if you're in the house and you made a decision today, maybe you're saying, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've never started a relationship with him before. You have a connect card in your seats. So I'd love for you to fill that out. You can say, I have decided to follow Jesus because I want to follow up with you. I want you to know you're not walking this journey alone. Maybe for you, you're saying, you know what? I need to take that stand of, of public declaration of who God is, and I'm, I'm ready to be baptized. There's a moment there in your uh, connect card. You can sign up for that as well. We actually have baptism service coming next Sunday as well. So I would encourage you, no matter where you're at, uh, to take these moments because this is a power Powerful song uh, that we sing together. As as uh, Jesus led and loved and showed grace, so will I. Jesus walked in obedience, so will I. So let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.